Thank you for singing that hymn. Thank you for singing in general. Thank you for being a people who believe that song and prayer is the work of God every bit as much as Appalachian service projects and building handicapped ramps in 100-degree weather and going to Philadelphia to meet the needs of the most impoverished. I'm going to read to you a scripture from the Gospel of Luke, which Jesus spoke to his disciples, <clears throat> calling them to understand that the work of God in their lives is not only spiritual, but physical. It calls to mind that every year at this church on Christmas Eve, the congregation goes out on the front steps of the church and they sing together. Silent night, holy night, sleep in heavenly peace every Christmas Eve. Last Sunday, our congregation went out on the steps and we sang on our steps toward the park across the street, which has been the scene of some turmoil, conflict, and dissonance for the last two years. We've not been able to worship on that Sunday for two years. Last, year, last week, we worshiped here, and we went out and we sang peace to the world, knowing that the world is far from peaceful. And so while I read this scripture, I want you to listen to the congregation singing about peace even while Jesus talks about bringing conflict. Can we play that? I came to bring fire to the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. I have a baptism with which to be baptized, and what stress I am under until it is complete. Do you think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I tell you but rather division. From now on, five in one household will be divided, three against two, and two against three they will be divided, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. He also has hold the crowd. When you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say, it's going to rain, and so it happens. When you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be scorching heat, and so it happens. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky, but why do you not know how to interpret 
the present time. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Last week, Dona, Nobis, Pachem, sung from the steps of the church into the world across the street to Market Street Park. We sang, we prayed, we spoke peace. And yet this week, in contrast to that sleep in heavenly peace that we sing on Christmas Eve, Jesus is saying, I have not come to call you to sleep in heavenly peace. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword, conflict, division. How do these two live together, singing peace into a park that even today we still have conflict about? Somehow, this life of love that Jesus invites us into is not a life free from conflict free from hardship, free from hurtfulness or work. Jesus calls us into a life of sweat, a life of trial, a life of effort, conflict. He called it stress. He is stressed until the kingdom of God might come. This life of love that Christ calls us into is not a life free from work, or hardship, or trial, or division, even in your own family. I believe the life that Christ calls us to is not a life free from division and conflict. It is a life free from fear of these things. Following Jesus is to be a person who is not afraid of conflict, not afraid of trials, not afraid of work, not afraid of conflict, not afraid of death itself, for we have died and been raised with Christ. The baptism Christ calls us to is a life in eternity with God by the grace of God in Jesus Christ, and we do not have to be afraid. Imagine that not being afraid. Fear of these things stifles people all the time in our families, in our churches, in our businesses, and in our world. Jesus says that Christians are baptized into a life where love for others is greater than love for self. Now, this doesn't make any sense to the world. To put others ahead of yourself? We live in a world where we bite and scratch and claw to get ahead, to get to the front of the line, to be on top. And we have a Savior who says, by giving myself away, I win salvation for all of creation. You see, the peace that we seek and pray for and sing about is a peace that only comes to us when we, like Christ, give ourselves away. When we would rather serve than be served. When we would rather give than take. When we would rather die and be raised again to live unto eternity. 
these uh, Appalachian service projects and mission trips and bread and blessing and the myriad of things that the church is involved are all ways where we are giving ourselves away. We are not trying to take, we are trying to give. This doesn't make sense in the world. How will you get ahead if you're constantly giving? The only way you get ahead if you are constantly giving is if you have received all there is to receive from God Almighty. You've heard this morning about the people whose lives were changed by going on a mission trip. You've heard these testimonies before. What is it about going on a trip somewhere else where you can give that somehow you walk away from being built up yourself spiritually? Where you feel more connected and more powerful and more at peace after giving yourself away than you would have if you'd gone on an all-expense-paid trip and been on the receiving end of service the entire time. What is that? Why is that? I believe it's because we have a Savior that gave himself up on a cross. The baptism that Jesus invites us into is one where we die and raise again with with Christ, and we are free from our fear of suffering, we are free from our fear of death, and we are not afraid to be givers, even extravagant givers, even giving to the point where we ourselves are selfless, even if the other person is selfish. The peace of Christ is for those who are willing themselves away to the point of sacrifice not afraid that if I give too much or even if I give to somebody who's undeserving they're putting a scam on me they're just trying to get ahead by cheating if you've died and been raised with Christ that's between that person and God your role is to be the selfless giver In his letters from the Birmingham jail, Martin Luther King wrote about peace. And he said, there is a peace in Christ that is realized when an individual or community encourage the flourishing of all people and where no one is crushed or oppressed to provide for someone else's lifestyle." He talks about this peace that comes when you lose your fear and when you no longer desire to gain at someone else's expense. I believe that this is, it's easier for us to to reach this place of peace when we find ourselves giving to somebody who doesn't threaten us. If we have the ability to fix someone's house and our house is all fine but their house is wrecked we can go and fix their house and we feel very good about that but that would be very different if my brother next door lived next door to me and he has all the capability I have and my house is fine because I work on my house and I fix my house and I clean my windows and I repair the things and his house is falling apart because he doesn't do those things I'm not sure I'd want to go fix my brother's house. Why? He doesn't deserve it. 
He could do it himself. I resent it. And I'm not going to give myself up for that person for whom I feel I'm on a level. Jesus said, I've come that you might lose your fear of that. I don't know about you, but the people I've been most angry at in my life or the ones I'm afraid that would be angry with me are my parents. I don't want my parents to be mad at me, and I don't want to be mad at them. I don't want my siblings to be mad at me, and I don't want to be mad at them. And I certainly don't want my wife to be mad at me, and I don't want to be mad at her. These are the things that I avoid at all costs. I don't know if you, I know your families are perfect. But in my family, uh, <clears throat> there have been times when we've had people in the family whom we walk on eggshells out of fear that they may become upset. Anybody else? No? Oh, okay. All right. No amens? Yeah. Okay, you're all perfect. What I believe that is, is an unwillingness to be a giver even when your sibling, your spouse, your parents could be perfectly capable of it themselves. Jesus said, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid to bring division even into your home because you're not helping the person by walking on eggshells. What redeems us is when somebody loves us enough to tell the truth right in their face, let them get mad at you, let them do whatever they're going to do, and stay with them. Don't run out and slam the door. Stay at the table. Stay in love, even when it's not fair. Is that too much to ask? I believe it is. I don't think we're capable of it. But I believe we have a Savior whose power of the resurrection makes it possible for us to stay in love and relationship with somebody even when we're in conflict. You see, the conflict that Jesus said he's bringing to the world is a conflict of love, of unrelenting love that I am never going to leave you or forsake you therefore I can tell you the truth and I won't walk on eggshells around you because my love for you is so overwhelming and always and forever and if you feel that way from God if you would receive the grace of God the undying love of Christ into your life then you are capable of telling the truth in love, whether it be to a family member or someone in your business or someone in your church or someone in the politics outside. Can you imagine a world where we are so in love with one another that we are so willing to give to one another that we can give even when it seems imbalanced and unfair? Jesus says this way of love is peace. The peace that we pray for, that we sing about, that we want, is a peace that comes only when we have given ourselves away. 
And that peace comes only when we have received the gracious love of God that will never leave us alone. You see, you don't gain peace by avoiding injustice. You don't gain peace by avoiding a conflict with your brother or sister, your wife, your, your husband, your parents. You don't gain peace by walking on eggshells by what Martin Luther King said don't throw rocks at the wasp nest don't be worried about spilling the milk to the point you won't share it with anybody enduring someone being upset with you is the beginning of a love and redemption that only comes to people who've been through a hard time together you're no longer afraid of a broken relationship because you went through it and you stayed together. That is strength. That is the peace that comes. That's the thing the world doesn't understand and it comes for those followers of Jesus who have given themselves away. In my life, probably the people I have fought the most with, that I have the most experience of being in conflict with, are my brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother. We're just a couple years apart. And oh my goodness, did we fight all the time. My dad would come home and just take the hose to us. But I learned something. I can fight with my brothers because I know I'm never going to leave them. They're always going to be my brothers and we'll always wind up playing ball after we've rolled around fighting. And one of the greatest things we learned was about the care that can be taken if you care enough to put your best effort into something, to give yourself away. And we called it, you cut, I choose. And it had to do with my mother's brownies. My mother made the best brownies. But she still makes the best brownies. And whenever we had to cut the brownies, she'd put them out. There'd be one bigger than the other. Well, of course my brother would take the big one because he's so selfish. And I'm the middle child. I'm so selfless. I'd always take the small one. No. But what we learned over time is we would resent it when one took the larger piece and the other one was stuck with the smaller piece. And it created division and hardship and bad feelings. And we didn't like that. So we finally came up with this, you cut, I'll choose. And what that means is you take the brownie and one cuts and divides the brownie, the other chooses. And what that does is it made the one who is cutting put such great care, precision. We would take 10 minutes to line it up and work it out to get that brownie as even as we could so that I didn't care which side he took. But I had to work at it. I had to cut that brownie so that I lost my fear that he'd take the bigger one. That is peace. It's a peace that comes who are, to those who are willing to serve 
who are willing to give themselves away, who are willing to put the time and the effort into building handicap ramps and going an Appalachian service project or Philadelphia or any number of places where we give and we give and we give and we sweat and we sweat and we sweat and we work and we work and we work to give ourselves away. And we know the peace of Christ that passes understanding And I believe it will transform this world. Amen.